0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking with someone I've not yet met in person, but was a match from Podmatch. She's a licensed pastor and the author of two Bible studies. She is the host of
1: the weekly podcast, "Study On. It's Angie Bauman. Hi, Angie. Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This is going to be great. I know. We
0: were just talking before I hit record that it's so fun when we get to talk to other female like scripture scholars. So I'm excited to see what happens and where the Lord takes us. Absolutely. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, maybe where you're from, a little bit about your background,
1: what you like. Yeah. So I live in Southern Illinois, beautiful Southern Illinois, home of Southern Illinois University Go Dogs. Mm -hmm. And I live with my husband, Matt, of almost 25 years. We've been married. He is an administrator in higher education, which is why we're in Carbondale because it's a university town. And we have two sons. My older son, Alex, is 18 and he's a freshman in college. And then our baby, who's not a baby, is 13 and he's in seventh grade. And I am a pastor and I have this online ministry called steady on and the anchor verse is the one that we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes but more than that i am a trauma and abuse survivor and i spent a lot of years julia carrying around just a heavy weight of shame and mm. what i what worthlessness i felt like i wasn't good or my story wasn't redeemable i didn't have that language around it but that's kind of you know how i walked around and i i adopted this attitude of i'm not good so i will do good and so i began to try Mm -hmm. to be worthy through productivity and the lord really invited me about 13 years ago now And we'll get to that. I know in a minute I was in a head-on car Mm -hmm. crash that really stopped all the balls in the air and the plates that were spinning and all that stuff that I kept moving and doing, it came crashing down. And I had to really wrestle with the question that the Lord was inviting me to wrestle with. And that is, do you believe in your value if it's not linked Mm -hmm. to productivity? And so we went through a journey together and I began to really look for the promises of God in scripture, and then listen for how I was believing uh, and making decisions based on lies of the enemy and how to begin to speak truth to those lies with the promises in scripture. So that's more of who I am, actually, is this woman that is trying to live by that and overcome years of captivity and help others do the same.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful and so well said. I think that I can't wait to hear more about your story and your journey with the Lord. Um, But I think just that idea of we are not our, productivity, I think is is such an important message. So I'm really excited to see like how the scripture ties in and, and again, a little bit more about your story and all of that. So thank you for sharing. And this is going to be a great conversation. What I'm going to have you do next is to have you read the verse. It's a short one. And then um, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, you mentioned this is connected to your podcast as well. So I'm definitely interested to see how this ties into your podcast too. So um, it's Psalm 40 verse two. Is that correct? It is. Okay, whenever you're ready, I'm going to have you read that for us.
1: All right, I'm reading from the New Living Translation and it says, mm-hmm. "He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along." Okay. So, it's
0: interesting cuz my um I'm using the New American Translation and I think our like 2 and 3 like mine Mine is more verse three than verse two. My verse two is I waited, waited for the Lord who bent down and heard my cry. And then verse three is the drew me out of the pit of destruction, out of the mud of the swamp, set my feet upon rock and steadied my steps. So um, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, you know where this takes us Um, just for some context. um, Many of the Psalms are attributed to David and we've talked about Psalms before on the podcast and how all the Psalms have like different emotions that kind of correspond with them and that even those emotions can change within the Psalm. So it kind of starts off with one sentiment and then by the end, the author goes in a kind of a different direction or comes to like a resolution. So this Psalm kind of starts off with like a Psalm of Thanksgiving, um, but it's also combined with like this, um, with a lament um and that like the psalmist is talking about the sin and the challenges that are trying to overtake and tempt him um but like so it starts with that kind of like confidence uh, and then but he also mentions the challenges as well but my first question for my guests is why did you choose this verse uh, angie
1: so i mentioned that in the summer of 2010 i was in a head-on car crash and i was injured Quite severely. And it was a very dark season. My whole family was, I mean, just everything that was going on in our lives came to this halt. You know, my younger son was, um, my older son actually was uh, injured very severely, also. And we went through months of surgeries and hospital stays and rehabilitation. And it was just a really tough time. And I wasn't angry at the Lord at the time, but I was confused, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I, I, what, how did I get here? What is this? What are you trying to teach me? Where are you in this? Help me find you. And he led me into these verses, Psalm 41 through 3, actually. Mm-hmm. And they became kind of what you say sometimes as life verses. Like, I just knew that I needed to. Hold on to them, like these are verses that are really important, and especially verse two, because I had been in a pit of despair. It wasn't the crash that was the pit of despair. Actually, the crash was the way out of the despair. It took me a long time to be able to. I didn't know that right away, so I just want to be really clear about that. But now I see that the crash was the way out of the pit of the despair. That heaviness, that shame that I was carrying, just that feeling of I had an asterisk by my name now, and I couldn't move forward. And um, and he lifted me out of that, and he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. And so from the journey that we went on the next few years, the ministry that I have now steady on, it was birthed and it's based on the second part, actually the B part of verse two that says he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along.
0: Oh my gosh! So we we were talking also before I hit record that we're in the season of Lent still. Actually, right now we're recording; it's Holy Week, so it's coming to the climax soon here. Um, But like what you were when you were talking just now, I was thinking about how you know we focus on the suffering, but as Christians, that suffering leads to redemption into something good. But sometimes we can't see the good because we're so focused on the suffering and especially as Catholics, we love to focus on like a suffering Jesus rather than like <laughs> a resurrected new life kind of Jesus. So I would, I was wondering if you could speak a little more about like, how did this crash or this time in your life become like a redemptive moment where he, like you said, he placed your feet on solid ground, like through that, like, how was that redemptive?
1: I remember one night when I was really struggling and I've just felt the Lord, Kind of whisper to my heart, you know, you look at what's happened to you and all you see is what you've lost, right? All mm-hmm. you see is the ashes, what you're not doing. You're not taking care of your children. You're not taking care of your home. You're not taking care of yourself. I was, I didn't even move from like bed to wheelchair to, the, I didn't go to the bathroom by myself. I didn't brush my own teeth. Like it was, it was, It was humiliating, but not in the way that we think of human, you know, it was just very humbling, I guess I should say it that way, Mm. dependent on everyone for everything. And I even made few, uh, you know, very few decisions about myself in the early uh, days about what I wanted and, and what I could do. People were deciding everything for me. And I, I resisted that dependence on people so much. And I felt the Lord calling to me saying, you're looking at what you've lost, But if you will let me, and that's the invitation, because I really felt the invitation. If you will let me, I will bring something beautiful out of this, right? I will bring a change. I will bring you a joy that you are hungry for, that you've even forgotten to look for. Like you've just decided it can't be yours. But I will bring you a peace that's everlasting and a joy and a rest that you have not had for years, because the one thing that you are not trusting and dependent on. And I loved the Lord and I was in ministry and I was doing all the things. So it wasn't like I had turned my back on him, but I didn't Mm -hmm. really trust his love for me. And when we don't trust his love for us, we don't have that abundance of joy and hope and rest and peace that he promises. So it really just, it invited me to set my feet on a different path and, Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I feel like the, you know, the world is scary, you know, a lot of times and what we're walking on, even though we, we sing about and we believe, and I believe that Christ is the solid rock on which I can stand, right? He's my firm foundation. Like all of that is true. And yet for me, this need or this temptation to slip into a productivity mindset Mm -hmm. is, is the slippery for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I slip. And I, I guess when he, you know, when he called me for this, Julia called me to this, I really kind of had this image, this vision almost, if you will, of like walking across a creek or something on a log, you know what I mean? Like walking and that log getting slippery from time to time. But this, as I walked along is just the, the gentle hand of the Lord, like on the small of my back saying, keep taking those small, steady steps, my love, because I have you. You're not going to fall. You're going to make it from one side to another if you just trust me, trust me that I am steadying you. And so because as you said about the Psalms, like I I love the Psalms because I love the the, f- the freedom or the the permission of the emotion in them, right? Because just as you mm-hmm. said, there's praise and then there's my bed is wet from my tears and I love mm-hmm. you so much and you're my refuge, but I'm, I'm in the pit of despair. and You know, it's all over the place and I can be so all over the place and I just, I hear this promise, like you can be all over the place and that's okay, but you are not going to fall because I'm going to steady you.
0: Oh my gosh. It's, you said so many good things there. I, I teach middle school. So I, when I teach the Psalms, we really do focus on their, mo- the emotions because there's, <laughs> you know, they have so many emotions themselves at that age. Um, and so I feel like the Psalms, are, even though the language is maybe difficult for them, the emotion, I feel like is something that we can all connect with. Um, I'd love for you to maybe talk a little bit more about this idea of productivity, because I think that's so important and something that we can all relate to. Like, I can't relate to maybe a traumatic car crash. Um, but I, I understand that idea of like having something that jolts you or like, like you said, puts your feet on like a new path, um, and taking your identity and like who you are, not necessarily what we do. Um, so how, how did that change for you or how did you start to take your identity more in, in something other than the productivity?
1: Yeah, I, I'll share just a, a couple of pieces of my story to kind of set that up a little bit for you, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when I was, yeah. So when I was 16, I was groomed into a romantic relationship with a high school teacher. And that relationship went on about nine months. And then when I came forward about that, um, it it, it got very public. The police got involved, Department of Children and Family Services. So it became public. And when it became public, I I began over a period of weeks to understand who and what he really was. And also there, I was not the only one, uh, there was about one a year, um, but he was a beloved teacher in that community. And I've learned, you know, from, uh, just other conversations and therapy and learning more about predators that a, a predator doesn't only groom his victims, but he grooms the community or the organization that mm-hmm. he or she is a part of. Right. And so when I did come forward about what had happened, the town that I lived in the small rural town at the time rejected what I said as truth, and they believed his version of the story. And it became a very public rejection mm. of me and of what I was saying. And there were even like s- supporters that wrote letters and attended board meetings, and it was just a public outcry to not let the liar or the home wrecker as i was labeled um you know determine his fate sort of and it was it was it was like a social death from which mm-hmm. i just nearly did not recover the next couple of years were really really hard and they were some of the ones that really planted the, this these seeds of shame mm-hmm. and worthlessness but what i began to understand is that i i i understood incorrectly let me say it this way the enemy loves to whisper still in my ear, remember, Angie, you'll never belong anywhere, right? And Mm -hmm. so I had this this understanding that rejection was inevitable and I could not be welcome or accepted into a community, into a workplace, into a church, into a family um, for anything that I was because what I was was too damaged or too gullible or too stupid or, you know, um, some of those things that I just... Uh, believed about myself at the time. And so I had to be somewhere. And so I began to sort of acknowledge, I know I'm not worth anything, but I can do things because I have gifts of administration mm-hmm. and I have gifts of leadership and I have gifts of teaching because we're gifted in the Holy Spirit, right? And so mm-hmm. I had things that I could do and that made me feel like I was acceptable enough to take up space. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I mean, again,
0: I'm so sorry for your, for your trauma and, um, and and that you had to go something through something like that, especially as a child. Um, but like that, what you just said resonated with me. And again, I can't, I can't relate exactly to, to your story, but the idea of like busying ourselves so that maybe we don't have to deal with the the pain yes. or the shame of something. Like I, I definitely fall, fall um, victim to that. Like just, and I think a lot of us do, like if we keep ourselves busy, then we don't have to deal with, with what's underneath. So Um, And
1: the thing that I realized, I'm sorry, I over talked to you. The thing that I realized was, you know, yeah, years had passed and it was just a habit that I Mm -hmm. had developed, you know, and even though I knew the Lord loved me, I still felt like that people would reject me and people didn't love me and I didn't. I just, I couldn't deal with it. And so I led with what I can do instead of who I am. But I will tell you, like my husband knows this because sometimes I will say we have some of these, like, even though I've I've healed a lot and I do so much better, but we have some of these like little, almost like trigger statements or trigger words, because mm-hmm. when I feel rejected by the world and, you know, being in ministry and I mean, just being mm-hmm. in the world, let's face it, we're face, we mm-hmm. face rejection sometimes, or I have a difficult conversation even with someone I know who loves me, my first instinct is to add something to my calendar or to say yes to something, you know, because it's like Mm. this, almost like this covering of this longing that I have to be connected. And I have to stop myself and say, no, you need to take that to the Lord. Don't add something to your calendar. Don't try to prove your worth. And so it is, I think it is, for me anyway, it is a, it's definitely a tactic that still trips me up and makes me feel unsteady <laughs> it makes me feel like i'm going to fall and and that's one of the reasons that this verse means so much to me because when i feel myself slipping if you will right if i when mm-hmm. i feel like the the ground that i'm walking on suddenly has gone like to gooey and slippery and not trustworthy i'm like no 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 i know how to do this i know how to do this i can call on the promises of god and remembering his faithfulness will steady me And I can run to him and receive what he has. And as long as I am steady in him, I will not fall. Things may fall. (laughs) Things, you know, Mm -hmm. things may fall apart even, but I will not fall apart. And I will not get down to a place I can't get up because he doesn't let his children do that.
0: Oh my gosh. So you have this this past. And then you have this accident that then also kind of stops you in your tracks and has to have you reevaluate and and put you back on your feet, like literally and figuratively. And this verse then you have to remind you as well. Um, what would you say to maybe listeners who, who are struggling? They want that they want to have that steadiness and they want to maybe be less busy and, and to find their identity in something else. Like what are some things that we can do, um, you know, other than just remind ourselves of this verse, of course, but Wendy, what other suggestions you have to remind ourselves who we are?
1: Yeah. I, I have what I call a toolbox of resources for when I'm struggling that helps me so much. And there, it's a combination of several things. I think I love what you're doing so much, Julia, because it is Mm -hmm. helping people remember how important knowing scripture is. It's just, Mm -hmm. and I think I love memorizing scripture and I really encourage people to do that, but you can memorize scripture without knowing every word and address precisely, right? Like, I mean, you can know the the concepts and the character of God in scripture and have some go-to scriptures that just stand out to you and are things that you can hang on to and ask yourself, what's the promise in this scripture that I need to know, right? Right. Um, I love, you know, Joshua 1, 5, I will never leave nor forsake you. Jeremiah 31, 3, I love you with an everlasting love. Lamentations 3, 22, 23, his mercies are new every morning. Like these things are so important to me and and many others, you know, they're so important because when I hear that lie of the enemy, remember, Angie, you'll never belong anywhere. I'm like, even that's so unlikely that it's true that I would be rejected everywhere on earth. But even if that <laughs> were true, right? Right. The Bible says that I am a daughter of the Most High. The the Bible says that His power lives in me. The Bible says He's never going to leave me. The Bible says that I can do all things. I can be content in every circumstance, right? Through Christ who gives me the strength to do so. So I think that's one thing, you know, knowing some of those scripture things that just scripture passages that just remind you so much of the heart, the faithfulness of God, and also remembering the faithfulness that has been evident in your life before because sometimes Mm -hmm. when we're in something and we don't feel steady uh, it's hard to remember God's faithfulness and what that feels like but how do we remember it in a different season that we have some distance from right like I you know after the crash and other things too that's not when I I mean I felt God but I didn't know his faithfulness about that situation in that moment, but I knew it from previous circumstances. I knew it from Bible studies. I knew it from testimony in other people's life. And so that helped me build my trust muscle during that season. So I think scripture, remembering God's faithfulness in other places, and I am a huge believer in music and the power of of, mm-hmm. of music. And I have playlists on my phone that just remind me of these promises in, you know, in lyrics and in Chords and notes uh, by people who are talented that way. That sometimes a song can break through um, a fog in a way that nothing else can. And so I have go to, I have go to things there as well. So I think when when we are feeling somewhat steadier, what are we putting together for those moments that feel slippier? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do we run back to those and say, okay, I don't feel this right now but I know it's true. And I will feel it again.
0: That's, yeah, so well said. I I agree. I've talked uh, about this on the podcast um, a couple of times. Um, saint Ignatius uh, has this, he was a saint that um, had an accident. He was in war and like injured himself. And so he was like not productive, right? He was laying um, on in, and was immobile. Um for a good part of his his life, while he recuperated, and that's when he came to faith. And so he mm. he wrote a whole bunch of things and learned about the saints and talks about desolation and consolation, kind of like what you're describing. That in the moments when we are um, desolate and not feeling God, that we need to think about those moments when we were feeling closer to God. So I I love that you said that. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Is, is what mm. he says about um, about those times and. Um, That's what I do as well. Like I I have my go-to scripture verses. I try to look through in scripture, like, as you mentioned, you rattled off a whole bunch of scripture verses that, I mean, the Bible is God's just promise throughout, throughout salvation history, his promise that, you know, even in the original sin in Genesis, that he is going to send us a savior all the way through and just how he's going to lift people out of the Babylonian exile, how he's going to lift people out of slavery in Egypt, like, and and that he's faithful throughout. So I think looking at scripture in those moments and those stories that um, are familiar, and then also, like you said, those moments in our life where he's been faithful. I, I mean, I think it's easier said than done. I feel like I literally need to, like, write them down or something because I will, in the moment, just... You know, not be able to come up with it. I don't know if you wanted to respond I, to any of that. I have
1: had, I have had seasons where I've had them posted, noted everywhere. <laughs> I, you yeah. know, I, if, if you're really struggling, even if it's the same scripture or if it's a variety of scriptures, you know, if you're struggling with something, I Google scriptures on anxiety, right? Google mm-hmm. scriptures on God's faithfulness or something and take some post it notes. I, and I, I mean, this is just, Uber practical but it's what I do sometimes you know and I'll I'll put them on my computer screen and on my mirror in the bathroom and on the refrigerator and on the door out to of the garage you know the, the places that I'm going to see them often and um and also prayer prompts can be a great thing like what reminds you uh, to stop and pray is there something that you see often or set your alarm for every hour on your phone to buzz at you and you know when you're really struggling it's not about working harder it's about connecting more and I forget mm-hmm. that all the time but I I try to 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 build in ways in my life that I that I remember it
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's so. What you just said struck me as well. That I think I try to be productive even in my prayer. Like I, yes. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> yes, a, you know, and like I'm a big journaler, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this much, or I'm going to make sure I address all these things. Like I'm just a perfectionist, and that's kind of my been my Same. life battle. Is like you know, I'm trying to be in control of everything, and when things are not perfect, then I spiral. And so God has had to do a lot of work. Um, with me on that. Um, but I do it even in my, like my prayer and my journaling. So I don't even know, what would you, what would you say to like that kind of challenge that like, you know, we're trying to be productive even in prayer?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do this little thing. I can relate to that so much. You know, one of the Hebrew word, one of the meanings of the Hebrew word for steady in this verse is steady me is um, to be secure. And so one of the things that sometimes I think about is what's, what's making me feel um insecure I guess is the right way to say that and I use the halts acronym sometime which is a way that you can kind of be productive but also let it go at least this is what <laughs> this is what I've discovered I don't know if you're familiar with the halts acronym but it's hungry angry lonely tired or spiritual high and mm-hmm. when in those places are like often the places where we're most vulnerable to the lies or the the slipping if you will you know from mm-hmm. this verse and so I try to identify where am I hungry? I mean, sometimes your body's hungry, but often your soul can be hungry or where am Mm -hmm. I angry or where am I lonely? And when I work through that, if I can pinpoint, you know what, I am kind of angry because I don't appreciate that that person did so-and-so, or I am kind of tired today because ministry feels hard today, or this Mm -hmm. is a long road, you know, whatever the case may be. And then you can lift that to the Lord and say, everything, I don't know about you, Julia, but sometimes when I have something going on, it feels like everything is falling apart. I think that's kind yeah, of the yeah. perfectionistic tendency, right? Mm-hmm. And I can sort of isolate it a little bit and say, yes, I have some of these lamenting feelings, but everything is not falling apart. And I just want to confess this, that today I feel tired. I don't think I want to sit at my computer and do this or that or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel lonely because I feel like somebody should have shown up for me and they didn't. And I, I'm just going to bring that to you today and ask you to speak to me about that. Ask me, uh, I want you to help my, keep my heart open for ways that I can see you, things that I can praise you for because they are here. And I don't want to spend my time focusing on the things that in my you know opinion are lacking, which they're not really, But the, but it's so easy to focus on those things and what I call globalizing them and make them the everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And no, I love that, that acronym. I hadn't really heard that before, but I think you're right. If it makes us literally stop and have to take account of what yes. is it that is, that's bothering us. And, um, and that will hopefully connect to like that busyness. Like it, it stops us from that busyness and it makes yes. us have to stop and really address what it is and get to the root of what, which is, yeah, what we were talking about earlier, what we need to do. And I like how it's- you said to, so go ahead.
1: No, it's scary to ask ourselves the hard questions. It really is. But I think when we're brave and we ask ourselves the hard questions, what really is going on here? That's when we can lift it up to the Lord and he can speak to it. Right. Because I was going to say like the
0: other thing you said is that like the devil, like, and we know that like he's going to try to get in to those vulnerable spots. Right. So if we can identify it and name it, then we can also recognize that like, you know, we're not going to let ourselves be tempted, you know, right. to thinking like, oh, I'm worthless. Oh, I'm lonely. Oh, you know, like I'm, I'm not productive, yep. all those things. Right. Oh my gosh. We've, we've, I love this so much. What else would you like to say? We have a few minutes left. What else would you like to say um, about this verse? Anything else you want to draw our attention to?
1: Um, I think it's just, you know, for me in, in the world that we live in right now, I, it's just, it's scary. It, it, I think yeah. I said that already. It's scary. And there's so many, I think, reasons to be afraid. And, um, the fear is one of the things that's just so slippery. And so I think it's just, I, I for me, Julia, it's just one that I can just hang tightly to and say, I, I, I'm going to be okay because he is here right beside me. And it's just, yeah, it's just my go-to
0: I mean, it's great. I'm looking through like just Psalm 40 in general. Like I said, by started by saying, you know, the beginning is very this very beautiful, just like Thanksgiving and gratitude. Um, mm-hmm. and then towards the end, then he's like starting to get panicky a little bit again, like <laughs> rescue me, save me from my enemies, turn back those who are discreet. You know, like he starts to get a little bit. Um, it's funny how it goes from like stable to a little bit more. <laughs> I yes. don't know. Um, but but yeah, but I the parts in the middle of like saying that. Um, You know, our Lord doesn't want sacrifice. Our Lord just wants us Mm -hmm. to say, like, here I am, like, do your will. Like, I don't know. It's just it's it's a. this is a really good, I think, go to. But especially the verse that you picked gives us something very tangible, like we can picture that pit of despair and God lit it, lifting us up and setting it, setting us. I like, I like that image. um, I
1: like the way it's translated in the voice. um, Cause it says he held me until I was steady enough to continue the Mm -hmm. journey again. And there's this idea of pausing in that one that I think it feels a little bit different than the other, you know, translations that we've used so far that he held me until I was steady enough to continue the journey again. So I, I like that it's not, we're not stopping. uh, We're not giving up, but it's Mm -hmm. okay to take a pause and let him hold you tight when you need to. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Mine has said like that, you know, I waited for the Lord who bent down and Mm -hmm. then I, and then drew me out like that idea of like bending to us and picking us up, um, is a really beautiful, beautiful image. Um, well, I, at, the t- at the end of the podcast, I give people a chance to plug projects. You have books. You have podcasts. Um, where can we find you? What would you like us to check out?
1: Yeah, thank you. If you, um, if you visit the website, livesteadyon.com. There are links to podcasts there. Um, My books are there, all kinds of good stuff. So that's really the hub. I also, if you will allow me, I'll send you a link for a masterclass. I have a Bible study method called Step-by-Step where we focus on one verse of scripture at a time. And I'd love to gift your listeners with that if you would allow me to do so.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, totally. We can put the link in the the notes for the podcast. Thank you. Um and post it on Instagram. Yeah, no, thank you. Um if you all liked out to chess find out more about me uh, and this podcast, I'm on Instagram at 7 mile chats, all spelled out, and I post about our guests and the verses that we're lo- looking at. Um, And I am also on Twitter at Miss Struckley1, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1, where I tweet about what's going on in my classroom and some of the Catholic education projects that we're doing. Um, But Angie, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, Thank you for talking scripture with me. Um, I just really appreciate it.
1: I loved it. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Bye,
0: everyone.